Welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you are here to spend this hour with me. Thank you for reserving this time. Every Thursday, we come to you at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific time is where I am. Yes, Pacific time. And 7 p.m. Eastern time. We also offer you a replay on Fridays for your commute, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. And we bring you a different topic every day, every Thursday, to support Whatever you are writing about, whatever you are speaking about, whatever you are expressing yourself on. I work with first, second, and third time authors, and I help you write your books, your blogs, your brands, your speeches, your TED Talks, your love letters. I help you get whatever is on your mind out on paper, and it is my joy to do so. If you have something burning a real desire inside of you and you're thinking, it's my time, I'm ready to do this, even if you're thinking, is it my time, am I ready to do this, I would love to invite you to send me your letter. It could be really short, it could be long, it could be about your book, it could just be about ideas, but send me a letter. My email is... Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. I promise you I'm the only one who reads these letters. And I would be delighted to respond to you. Just give me about 48 hours. And let's see what we can do with your story. If I can't help you, I bet I know someone who can So let's get this going, all right? Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. And you can probably guess if you'd prefer to take a look at a very short but lovely website. That is also CoachDebbie.com, and it's spelled D-E-B-B-Y. So I hope you're all feeling really good today. I am. I have my friend Don in the studio with me, and he might be coming on after our first break to answer some of the questions that are coming in for today's show. We have already heard from Natalie. Natalie, it's always nice to hear from you. I did send you a little note saying, hey, I like what you wrote, so let me know if I can use that on the show. And then we've got Zach. Zach, you are in luck because you are in a band, and I have someone here today who has been playing music his whole darn life, and he just might have some tips and tricks for you to help you be really expressive. So we'll be getting to writer's questions in just a little bit, but I want to tell you about a little moment I had yesterday and how this helped me prepare today's show for you today. I was sitting in the waiting room while a friend of mine was having a procedure done. And if you don't know this about me, I I am so afraid of anything hospital, so afraid. I'm so afraid of needles. I'm so afraid of the sounds and the smells and the 
oh, God, I'd just rather be anywhere but there. I'd rather go to jail than go to hospital. Although we don't want to say that too loud. If, if the universe is listening, there's no reason to put Coach Debbie in jail. But still, I mean, I just want you to understand hospitals scare me a lot. But this was important. It was important to go with this friend. And fortunately, have you noticed that they're really trying to, you know, bring up the environment for us scaredy cats in hospitals? So we were in a nice little wing. And I'm sitting there and I'm scrolling along and I I see out of the corner of my eye a picture of Tina Turner. And I'm thinking, oh, She's my girl. I just love Tina. Love her so much, but I don't have time. Don't have time to see what it's about. And we carry on through the day. I go and meet my friend who is high as a kite. And we get her home and settled. And she's having just a sweet little nap in her lazy boy. And I pick up my reading. Oh, did you read it too? Legendary Tina Turner has taken her last breath, and she had 83 years of them. Thank God for that. But there, there is someone in your life, just like Tina is in my life, who is legendary. You know, it doesn't matter what anyone says. It, in fact, when those who speak about it, you join in in the conversation, but even those that don't follow closely, Tina was just legendary to me, legendary. If she had been my auntie, oh, wouldn't that have been great? If I had never, ever followed her music, she was just one of those people that had an amazing, amazing conviction and energy. If you don't know much about this pop extraordinaire, she was active Gosh, I want to say mid-60s was the beginning of her career. It all started with Ike Turner. He was on stage. He saw her down there. He brought her up. She started singing. And for a long time, I mean, kind of the joke was that he was known, but everyone kept coming back because of the girl, Tina. It was her. They married young. She had quite adventures with him. You might you might know that he had very, very difficult times with drugs. He took out his angers on her as well as the rest of the world, but she felt it the most. And you could say there were years when she's quoted for saying she felt very trapped, but with nothing more than sense in her pockets and sense in another capacity above her shoulders she left. She left something huge that she was building, but something that also on a spiritual and personal level would not ever serve her. But she had a certain conviction that if she was ever going to get out, she had to follow her calling to make herself known as the icon that Tina Turner, that many of us know, her as and have known her as for the last many, many years, an extraordinary pop star. I learned only today that she was the first woman on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Did you ever get Rolling Stone magazine? I used to subscribe to it. 
fabulous magazine. She was also the first person of color on Rolling Stone magazine. Didn't know that either. So that means she was not only first person of color and first woman, but the first woman who's a person of color on Rolling Stone magazine. A huge deal still in today's culture. She she was named as top one in the top 100 of all time musicians out there. Think of every single genre. Think of everything you've ever followed. She's up there. If if you were to look at her net worth comes in just a little under 300 m- 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 million. So she had quite an impact. She also has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Not everybody gets that. Now, I'm, I'm going on and on and on and on about how much I love this lady and what she did for all of us. But I just want to say, going back to her early story, she was a woman who felt trapped. She was a woman who knew she had talent. She was someone who wanted to express herself. She was going to have to throw away something she had built in order to start over and become known. In her desire to have what she really wanted and to begin again, she grew to massive proportions so that all of us know her. All of us that cared to know her knew her in some way, shape, or form. I always thought someday I would get to hug her and give her a big smooch on the cheek and and tell her what she had done for me. And I didn't get to, but even though, even though she is not outliving us, her tribute to freedom and to what it is like to be self-expressive will go on and on and on. I encourage you to read her biographies. I encourage you to follow anything you can about the life she created in Switzerland with her second husband, a gentleman that gave his kidney to allow her to have many more years of life, and a gentleman that she referred to as her soulmate. Now you might be thinking, what does this have to do with writing my book or writing an article or doing my own speech? What does that have to do with anything at all? Well, when we think of being legendary, we really think about the idea that we're known to all. But what if, just for a moment, what if you carved out how you might start by being legendary to your very own group? And your group might be your family. Or your group might be the community that you have started. Or your group might be the little area in which you live in and you offer your own speech in public forums there. Could be something very, very intimate. You don't have to grow to the proportions that Tina did. But what I want to show you in today's program is that there are certain things you can do so that 
if you want to grow just to be known in your community or if you want to be known all around the world, we have some tried and true ways that the best have done it, including Tina. There are plenty of people that say, I have no interest, Coach Debbie, in ever really acquiring fame. I really understand that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy if I had to leave my house and couldn't be anonymous on some level at all. It's always fun when someone on the street walks up to me and says, you're Coach Debbie, right? But I never have any paparazzi or something crazy like that following me around, and I never will. That is not an, a place in which I care to expand. But I also have this extreme respect for people that know their message should be heard from grandstands. There are ways to start right now. There's ways to continue on right now. Whether you've written a book before, whether you're just beginning, whether you've been in a band before, whether you're just starting out, whether you've ever stood on a stage before, or whether this is brand new to you, there's ways to adopt your own legendary following, the one that you want, the one that you can choose each day. You step into it just a little more each day. So we're going to get into talking about that today. We have questions from Natalie, from Zach. During the break, I'll be checking to see if we have any of you writing in. Do you know where to reach me? I'm on Facebook. You can write to CoachDebbie.com. Just go in the messenger side and send me a little message. You can also send me an email. That's Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. And that is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. I'd be more than happy to read your question. We just offer your first name as a point of reference, but believe me, if your name is Jane, there's probably 5 million other people out there named Jane as well. They're not going to know it's your question. You have a certain level of anonymity here, but if you want, we can always go with the name you make up. We can do it your way. I would love to get you some live coaching today if you choose to write in. And before we go to the break, I just want to let you know that I have some offers available if you're thinking that you would like to study one-on-one -on -one with me. Like I said, I work with first, second, and third time authors. You could be writing your memoir. You could be writing your personal development book. You might even, although I don't get much of this these days, you might be writing something fictional. I would love to hear from you. You can book with me a VIP where I will come to your city or I will meet you in a desired city where we will set up just a little mini retreat, just you and I. I love doing this, and this is part of my premium packages, but I would love to hear if that is something that speaks to you, and if you're feeling like you are ready to make the investment. You will earn your dollars back quickly, and you will soar in the ideas that you have from it. I also offer private coaching one-on-one, -on -one. I do have a few spaces right now, 
And if you would be more interested in joining a community, I have started, I like this name. I hope you like it too. This is the Coach Debbie Superstars. We are a small community. And for $900 a month, regularly $2,200. Did I say a month? It's not a month. For $900 through the end of the year, regularly $2,200 for the six-month package, you can be in the community where I offer a live class. You have email access to me. You can send me bits of your book. I will comment. I will offer feedback. You can be coached in the community portion. There's a lot available to you through the community section. We go from June 23rd of this year all the way to December 31st. So you get a good six months in plus a couple days. And like I said, just for listening to this show, the offer for Early Bird goes on until June 1st. That's 900. It takes you all the way to the end of the year. So think about that while we take our first break here. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about what does it mean to be legendary. Stay tuned. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you are here. So we can spend this time talking about your books, your blogs, your brands, and whatever else it is that you care to express out in the world. I like to take your questions on this show because it gives you a chance to get a little bit of coaching. We're talking about being legendary. So I want you to think about what that means. There's so many definitions, but this is what I tend to think about and what I like to offer in my courses. Someone or something that is legendary is providing perspective to the collective consciousness. They're offering something that will be around historically. They are making a difference in some capacity. It could be huge. When and if you have studied mythology, it's typical that those that are legendary are, are you ready? Gods. (laughs) Gods. That's what's legendary. But in our culture, in our humble little culture, I'm I'm here in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. (laughs) 
not the most humble country in the world, but in a humble little corner of this country, I like to think of legends as those that are living and really doing what they can to make a difference in some way due to what they are expressing. And usually, if I'm behind them, they're expressing something on their heart. I heard Tina Turner say this once, and we are kind of focusing on Tina because this is only the first day after she has left, and I am still heartbroken about it. I'm doing my very best to not just bust down in tears here. But one of the things she said long ago was that when she comes up on stage, she said, I give my people what they want. That's what she said. I loved this. I give my people what they want. And she went on in this interview to talk about how her life that for the last many years was in Switzerland, her life is a quiet, spiritual life that goes on with her family and her soulmate. And she likes it that way. But when she's on stage, her mission is all about using her expression to give the people what they want. And what do they want? They want a show. And could Tina Turner do this? Oh, gosh, absolutely. Over and over and over and over again. For decades, that woman came out with those beautiful legs and gave a show. And while, you know, some people were there all for the legs, those of us that were also there for the singing loved it. Really, really an amazing, grounded, incredible performer. Now, you might be thinking, I'm not going to rise like Tina Turner did. Why not? Why are you thinking that that can't be you? I'm thinking it could. And I want to just introduce you to one idea that's going to help get you into your own zone. Remember, there was a time when Tina didn't have any fans. And you want to know why? Because she wasn't singing. She wasn't singing. She had to start singing to have her fans. She knew she had something valuable. You have to know that and feel that before you even get on a stage. At least 5% of you has to know that you have something valuable. You don't have to have something all done. You don't have to have written five albums before you get on stage. I don't even know if the first time she got on stage, if she had written a song. I'm not even sure of that. But she knew that by taking Ike's hand and stepping up there and belting out a song, that she had some value to impart on the audience. So do you know this about what you're crafting? If you don't, you need to get a coach right now because you have value if you have a desire to express yourself, they go together. You might not know all the value you have, which means you better sit in front of a coach and let them help you understand how much you have. But that's where it starts. You have to get into your zone and say, yes, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to sing my song. I am going to read my story. 
I am going to recite my poetry. I am going to share my speech. You have to have the guts to step in and start. And that's where you start. And that's how you start to gain fans. And a lot, a lot of fans lead to you being a legend in your own right. And again, could be that you want to be a legend in your community. If your community is only 20 people, I'm thinking it's not going to take a whole lifetime to get there. For a lot of people, they want more, and it does take a lifetime. Think about where you fit into this and how you want to fit into this. So let's take a look at what Natalie is asking here. Natalie, I just want to say hello and welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. It is always great to hear from you. Natalie says, I have been taking some time off. I've really had a hard time expressing myself lately. I did get an invitation to go up on stage in my home Toastmasters group. I did think that this would be the highlight of my evening, but I was so sick from just the thought I called in sick. So I need your coaching here to help me along. My symptoms were that I became sweaty (laughs) at the thought of going in And I just couldn't imagine that I would get the words out. How can I become a pro if I'm stuck here? All right. Natalie, Natalie, my dear, you said it out loud. You said you wanted to get up there on the stage. So sometimes as soon as we claim that there's something we want, there's this thing you might have heard about called the ego that says, if you do this thing you want, we, the ego, won't be safe, so you can't do it. And it sends all these symptoms through your body to keep you nice and safe. That's how the ego works. It's always on your side when it comes to staying safe. Your ego will never, ever, ever make you do something you don't want to do. It will help you stay safe. So step number one, you claimed there was something you want. Good job. Step number two, I want you to start working with your ego. So when it says you can't get up there, we're going to make you sweat and it just turns the sweat on. Well, you're going to start talking back and saying to your ego, I know one of the symptoms you send my way is to make me sweat so I won't go on stage. Thanks for reminding me that you think I'm not safe, but there's a stronger part in me that knows I'm safe. You know, you say this to yourself about 10 times while you're sweating backstage, you're going to get beyond it. It works that way. The body has no choice but to start to calm down. My symptom was always that I would I would knock in the knees back and forth, and I was so certain people could hear my knees bashing together. But, you know, you start having a conversation with your ego, and it realizes that that voice in you is stronger than it, and it really is safe after all. It's safe to go out there and say something. So here's your homework, Natalie. I want you to start 
practicing noticing those symptoms. And I want you to start talking back to it because there's a part in you that is stronger than your ego. Your ego just wants to keep you safe. It's its job. So let it know you heard and move on with some sort of mantra like, I hear you, I feel you, but I also want to do and deliver this speech anyway. It'll hear you. You're going to be okay. If you need a coach, you know where to find me. And thank you for writing in. I also want to take Zach's question. Uh, We have not heard from you in a darn long time, Zach, but I was really excited to hear from you. And you're going to be tickled to find out that we have a musician in the studio today. So it is, I think it was just in the stars that you were to write to me today. Zach says, Coach Debbie, so sorry I checked out, but you will be happy to hear. Oops, sorry, I lost my screen. You will be happy to hear that I did go to L.A. and I did make new friends. Now here I am at the point where it's time to say yes to gigs or no to gigs. I don't know which are the right gigs. I made the mistake of thinking all are good. But no, I'm not always finding my people. How can I start to figure out who is my tribe? Do you deal, sorry, you got some typos in here, Zach. Do you deal with tribe? Are we speaking the same language here? Just got to find where I need to be and when. But thank you so much for helping me follow my dream to get to L.A., Nervous and scared, your loyal one, Zach. I love you. Thank you for sending that in. So I got some ideas around this, but my friend Don is sitting here and he's he's scratching his beard and he's thinking, yep, I know where this guy's been. I've been playing drums for a real long time. So I'm going to turn the microphone over to him and I'm going to let him talk to you for a minute here. Take it away, Don Berman. Thank you, Debbie. It's very exciting to be here today. Uh, First of all, it's Zach. Zach. Zach, I want to talk to you because you need to tell me how you got the guts to go to L.A. and do what you're doing because you've got plenty you could tell me, man. Uh, I think I'll keep it as short as I can. I don't think you're going to get a flash of lightning tonight. Realize who your people are, what your thing is, and how to find them, and three days from now go, I found them. I've watched many accomplished, successful, famous, skillful musicians for decades. Most of them say, when I started in the business or was closer to my beginning of the business than I am now, I played a lot of different kinds of gigs. And I played as many gigs as I could, And I learned something from every gig, even though it might not have been my favorite genre. And one of the coolest things that happens when you do that is you may be on a gig one night and you really don't care for the music. But maybe the bass player, if you're a guitarist, or the drummer, if you're a bass player, is going to be somebody very interesting who wasn't dying to be doing that gig either. He or she or they. And after the gig, that person's going to go, 
man, that was really great playing with you. You know, I have this thing I'm doing in two weeks. You got to come and check that out. And you kind of network by playing with and encountering as many people as you can. You don't want to be focused and narrow. You want to be broad. If you're studying an instrument, don't just go, I'm only going to study this instrument, this genre. Study music. If you go to college to study philosophy, they make you do a whole major arts curriculum that surrounds that with a wide base. If you're going to play music, the more you know about it, the better. And the more gigs you play, the more you'll realize what you liked about each one, what you didn't like about each one, what you liked about the type of players there, and it will eventually lead you closer to what you like playing the most with people you like playing the most. And it's not easy. You can't always find people with time to rehearse, people who want to do the same stuff you want to do. It's hard enough to get a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a significant other of any time. Now you go, I'm going to be in a band with five people. That's difficult. So uh, I would say play as many gigs as you can. Don't worry about finding your tribe. If you're busy being the best you in all these situations, they'll find you. That's what I would say. Oh, and that... bravo for going to L.A. and do what you're doing, man. you got a lot of guts, and I'm sure you're doing well. Nice. Well done, Don, and well done, Zach, for writing in. And it, it was really serendipitous that you sent that in today because Don and I didn't even know we were coming to the station until two hours before we got here. So you are lucky because you got a better response than you would have got if Coach Debbie was sitting here all by herself. Don has been playing drums since he was itty-bitty. He went to Oberlin School of Music. He is writing his book to help others play drums. You can tell he is a wonderful teacher. You can see that he's got community and experience behind him. He's really in your court there when he tells you it's not going to happen right now, but to be paying attention to what is happening for you right now. Well done. Well done, both of you. Thank you so much. And we still have time to take more questions if any of you would like to write in. Again, the email is Coach Debbie. No, it's not. The email is Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. I'm just going to give you a little tiny rundown. We're talking about being legendary right? Being legendary. You got to get in your own zone by knowing your value. We're using Tina Turner as the example. She knew her value. Oof, man, she knew her value in so many things she did. But even, even back there at age 16, when I pulled her up on the stage for the very first time, she knew she had a little something to offer, if not more than that. You got to get into your feeling of value. After our next break, I'm going to start talking to you about vision and niche and your heart and every chapter that follows it because it's important. It's very, very important. And if you want some coaching one-on-one, you can get it right here or by signing up for my premium package. Stay tuned. I'm going to tell you all about that right after the break.
You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie. Thanks for tuning in today. We're talking about being legendary. Don't you like that word, legendary? You can be legendary because 20 million people know you or because everyone in one little tiny club of six knows you. You are as big as the group. You ever heard of this thing called Woodstock? Once upon a time in 1969, I want to say, my mother and her daughter, that would be me, and a bunch of crazy kids made their way to Woodstock. I have two memories of this. One is mud. I remember mud. Here's another memory. I remember way out there somewhere, there was a lot of noise, and there was this white, it looked like a big old bird. It it just looked like a big, big bird, and it was white, and arms moving. Later, I would find out this was Jimi Hendrix with his fringed white jacket. But at the time, me and my bad vision, and, you know, I'm three and a half years old, I didn't know what was going on, but a legend was standing up there on the stage, a legend. He was a legend to everyone there except the little children like me. He went on and on and on. I have been I have been all around his neighborhood. I have followed and followed him. Legend. But what if? What if Jimmy had stayed right here in Seattle? What if his mama had never bought him that guitar? She didn't have that much money when she bought him that guitar. What if Jimmy's dream stayed inside of him. Well, he might have gone on to have a nice life, but look at all that happened in the few years he got. I know he left us in a tragic way, but look at the impact he had on the world. On the world. You don't have to be a Jimi Hendrix fan the way I am or the way Don is, but you can't deny in any way, shape, or form that he is known to you, right? At three and a half, I didn't know what I was looking at. Boy, do I wish I did. (laughs) Boy, do I wish I had been more like 33 and a half at that time, but I wasn't. Don and I were talking a little bit in the break about the fact that when you are a youngster, whether you're three and a half or 13 and a half or 23 and a half, You might not know exactly what you want to do in the world. And carving out your niche 
understanding a full vision. It's just not clear to you, but you got to start somewhere. So start huge. Start with the biggest, coolest thing you can imagine. This is going to help you begin to understand that you have value. If you want to be an author, imagine sitting there with Oprah, signing copy after copy, going on your $20 million book tour. I don't, I don't think anyone makes that kind of money. But go ahead and imagine it. Imagine it as big and as fat as you can think of it because somewhere in that vision is where you're going to land. It might be that you don't go on to be an author, but actually you take some stage in some capacity that you find later on when you're not as young really, really serves you and really, really feels good to you. When I was, uh, I don't want to say 16, we had to do this assignment in school. We had to talk about what you're going to be when you grow up. And I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world because I couldn't imagine what I was going to be. But one thing I did write down as, as sort of a fallback is that my mother always said I'd be a great teacher. And when the teacher wrote back and said, you know, you didn't tell us much about what you'd be teaching, I just thought of the few things I could be doing. I thought of the few things I had put my energy in, which was being a gymnast and being a piano player. So at my ripe age of 16, I thought, hmm, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll be a gymnastics coach. I'll be a piano teacher like my mom. I knew my father, who lived on, on the other side of the country, I, I knew he had built bridges. I thought, hmm, that's interesting to me. Maybe there's something along building that's in my genes that I don't know about. My grandmother, who I had always written letters with, she could write like you wouldn't believe. I thought, hmm, maybe there's something in that. But what starts to build is when you start to think and you make the vision nice and big for you. And I didn't really do that until I got into a fiction writing class. I had always been reading. I had always had a journal since age 10, but something about learning around characters and plot, story development, I started seeing myself talking and sharing how I became a well-known author of, uh, what do you call that? What do you call that? Coming of age, coming of age books. And I thought that could be good. I thought big about that. I didn't have a sense of radio yet. I didn't have a sense that I would teach at a college. But wherever you are at age 20 or 30 or 40, As you start to build the vision bigger, you have to grow into it and become bigger. And that's part of being a legend. It doesn't matter if you're a legend in your community or in the whole crazy global world. You are a legend as you become bigger and brighter and wonderful in that thing 
that you love. You can niche it down after you let it become big. Don here plays the drums. Maybe there was a point in time when he wanted to play every single instrument on the planet. I don't know. But every time I've gone to see him play, he's been playing the drums. He niched it down. He plays the jazz drums, niching that down further. Maybe there's a particular type of jazz he plays. But as you get more and more specialized, your ability to become legendary in your community grows and grows and grows. And finally, I want to say, you need to be legendary in your heart. You need to let that legend in you really move from your head and into your heart so you can be expressing from a very, very authentic place. Now, one thing I want you to understand is it doesn't matter how many people actually find you. What really, really matters is how you find you. How is it that you find you as a legend? Now, this might be something that you're thinking, I, I, I lost her now. I don't know what she's talking about. Any journey you take yourself along, anytime you have a big dream and you want to make impact, even if it's just on your little brother like I was for so many years, you have to, inside of you, start to feel the value of it. You have to have some sort of big, wonderful vision of it. If you want to make a career out of it, I encourage you to start niching it down. But the piece you can't leave out, you can't, you just can't leave that out, is letting that legendary feeling form in your heart. Because no matter how much you love playing your instrument or how much you love being out there on your ice skates or how much you love giving your speeches, you're going to have days that are harder than others. And if you don't feel it in your heart, it's going to be next to impossible to keep going with it. Get yourself a coach. Get yourself a good teacher. Get yourself good people around you. Because whatever it is you want to express was meant to be in the world. I can't emphasize that enough. It was meant to be in the world. There won't be everyone following you. I, in fact, got a lovely little piece of hate mail today, and I was reminded how it happens. Sometimes somebody reaches out to you and says, oh, I really have this great idea. Can you help me? And you write back, and they say, thanks. And then after that, it goes downhill. They don't like what you have to say. It's okay. It's okay that this one girl and I are not a match. But what wouldn't be okay, what would take me to my knees and keep me at home for the rest of my days is if I thought I'm not okay, or is if I thought what I have to offer has no value in this world. The cool thing is when you start thinking about being a legend, you start making your dream big. You're not making yourself big. 
Natalie and I, I think we're talking about this earlier in the show. It's about making your dream big so you can follow that dream. And you, you will find how you need to respond and be in the world because you are nurturing that dream. You're letting it be as big as you want to let it be. All right, we got one last question, and I don't have a lot of time. So, dear Bob, I am going to zero in on the very last piece of this. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, Rob. I'm sorry. Uh, Rob is writing in and asking about, I hope I hope it's okay that I'm summarizing here, Rob. He's really asking about if you are shy and you believe that you won't be able to handle the crowd, but you know you have a message, should you go forward anyway? All right, this was at the end of Rob's email to me that just came in during the show here. Now, what I know about Rob is that he's a short story writer, and we haven't had the opportunity to work together, but I want to invite you, Rob, since you have written in today, and since you and Zach and Natalie took the time to write, if y'alls would like to be part of Coach Debbie's superstar community, I would love to have a conversation with you on the email of how I can give you a one-on-one coaching before that begins. Rob, I think that the shy person is often just protecting themselves in a way that is very, very wise. And this is what I mean by it. Sometimes when we're shy, we're in the stage of really starting to claim our value, but we haven't totally had the experience or the validation from others that lets us know This is really, really, really where we belong. Sometimes shy is just a little prerequisite before you go a little bigger and a little bolder. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand that I'm saying don't be shy. I'm just saying sometimes that is just a little nod to say you're actually being given permission to pause here. Shy people do a fair amount of pausing. They start to listen to what that inner message is. This is a great place to feel into the value of whatever it is you want to share. I can say in reading your short stories that you shared with me that you are talented as a speaker, that you have a gift for working with characters, I wish I could say that I remember a whole lot more right now, but I would love to see you going more and more public with your stories. If I remember right, you live in the South. And if my experience, the few times I've been in the South pays off, it's that people love to sit and gather on the porch and tell stories. So is that something available to you, Rob? Do you have some people you can gather together on the porch or on the proverbial porch and just have some conversations where you get to express, you get to be Rob, and you get to own that there's stories in your heart that you want to share. 
It's okay to be shy. It's okay to be nervous. But we don't want it to all stay inside of you. I don't know if I've told you this before, Rob, but I'll just share this. I've known for a really, really long time, and and I, I credit my mom for this. I credit my Aunt Susie for this, for my father, Terry, for this, for my brother, Matt, for this. At different times in my life, really, really significant close family have my grandmother, Barbara, too, really have come through and said that they saw a teacher in me. My mother was saying this when I was six years old and I was helping my brother start to speak clearly because he he really had some impediments around his speech. People, when I, I was really, really young, Rob, started to validate the thing that I would come to value the most. And just between me and you, Rob, because we're the only ones here right now, I even value, just for myself, I even value being a teacher more than being an author, just for myself. If I valued being an author more, I'd probably have the five books under my bed out in the world. But it has been very, 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 very important to me to put every last little bit of teaching I could out into the world is probably my number one value next to loving those that I love. You hear me? I think you need to assess where this value of sharing comes in for you. Because if it's a 10 and nine things are more important, that's explaining to you why you're shy. But if it's a two, if it's a one, if it's your number one thing, it's time. It's time, Rob. And I'm behind you. Be legendary. That's what we've been talking about today, my friends. We'll be back with a new topic next Thursday. Until next week, namaste. Namaste.